you're listening to episode 18 of Board Game Cinema. Board Game Cinema is a weekly podcast where I discuss a movie that I really like, talk about why I like it, and then talk about a board game that you can play that matches the same theme or same flavor as the movie that you just watched. So it's like a movie board game double feature. So grab your dice, grab your popcorn, let's dive right in. So this week on the show, we're discussing an all-time favorite movie of mine, one of the all-time favorite movies of mine, and that is 1991's action movie Point Break, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Point Break is the best surfing bank robbery movie. It might be the only (laughs) surfer bank robbery movie, but it's definitely the best of all of them. And it's a movie that I've been a big fan of since it came out. So, you know, decades now. It's a movie that doesn't get a, a lot of respect, and I think it should get more respect or more love than it does. Although it's well-received at the time, I just think that it's a movie that some people scoff at because of the insane premise of being a surfer bank robbery movie. And it kind of came out right at the cusp of the popular interest in extreme sports, you know, before the formation of the X Games. That sort of interest in extreme sports was coalescing, and Point Break was at that the front of that movement as being a movie that was about, you know, these people that were interested in surfing and skydiving and rock climbing and things like that. And so because of that, because it's kind of a genre film and it has this weird, you know, surfer bank robbery premise, I think it's often overlooked in like serious consideration of, you know, quality action movies. And I think that that's a big mistake because a lot of pieces came together at the right time to make what I considered to be a, a stellar movie. So let's just first talk about what is the plot of you know, Point Break. Point Break is a movie in which Keanu Reeves' character named Johnny Utah is recently graduated from the FBI Academy. He's been assigned to LA's um, bank robbery division. At that time, LA was the bank robbery capital of the world, according to the movie. They just had tons of bank robberies. And some of the one of the most successful groups that was robbing banks in LA and the movie at the time was the ex-presidents. These were a group of very professional, very well-organized bank robbers that would get into a bank and then be out with it 90 seconds, never hit the vault, avoid all die packs, never hurt anybody, just be in and out really quick. And they were dressed as um, wearing ex-presidents masks, Lyndon Johnson and Ronald Reagan, except Jimmy Carter um, and Richard Nixon. And so In the movie, Johnny Utah is assigned to a grumpy, grouchy, older 22-year FBI agent, bank robbery division veteran, uh, Angelo uh, Angelo Pappas, played by (laughs) the insane Gary Busey, uh, who's not super insane in this movie. A little bit of that insanity comes out. Um, but it's, you know, funny, uh, it's a, it's a funny pairing between, you know, Gary Busey and, and Keanu Reeves. And this goes into the long line of, you know, buddy action cop, you know, comedy type movies. There's a little bit of, of that in, in Point Break. Um, I'm thinking here of, you know, maybe like a lethal weapon or 48 hours, that kind of thing with a <clears throat> older cop and then the sort of crazier, younger you know partner although obviously in 40 hours it's a little bit of a different relationship uh, with eddie murphy and nick nolte um with eddie murphy not being a cop but either way he's trying to help himself a crime right so 
the Point Break movie, Johnny Utah's Keanu's character, comes out to L.A. There's this bank robbery going on. Gary Busey's, this is like his main obsession is solving this case. They quickly, through some forensic analysis, Gary Busey has this theory that a lot of the other FBI agents scoff at that these ex-president bank robbers are actually surfers. He feels um, because they find some residue that's used in surfing. It's actually a product called sex wax, which you put on your surfboard to give it more traction. They find this chemical at some of the bank robbery um, sites, and they feel that this little bit outside-the-box theory that, hey, maybe these guys are surfers. Of course, none of the other FBI agents take it very seriously, but Keanu Reeves is a new guy and he's, you know, willing to think outside the box and follow Gary Busey's lead. And he sort of buys in and he quickly goes undercover to try to infiltrate the different surfing groups in the area, LA, the city of LA, to see if there are maybe anybody that matches the description or would fit into this mold of these bank robbers. So he quickly gets into that world and gets really consumed with like learning to surf and not just learning to surf, but the whole culture of surfing, the vernacular, the camaraderie, um, that whole sort of soul surfing or the spirituality side of surfing. And he just falls right into this world all the while, like looking for potential suspects in these series of bank robberies. So that's sort of the setup for, um, what is amounts to be just a high octane, amazing, you know, action movie. I mean, within the first five minutes of the movie, you're thrown into a bank robbery. So you sort of see how the ex-presidents operate and it just never relents from there. It's just, you know, constantly one action scene after another, whether it be like big wave surfing or, um, you know, robbing a bank or high speed chases. The movie has a lot of like really great action pieces. Um, and that's sort of the setup of the film. So, um, yeah, in terms of the, you know, the, the, the vitals again, 1991, uh, Catherine Bigelow, Catherine Bigelow is, uh, an amazing director. She had previously before Point Break directed probably the best vampire movie that nobody ever watches (laughs) called Near Dark, where vampires are portrayed kind of like how they really would be. Think of, uh, the lace uh, interview with a vampire, you know, beautiful Tom Cruise and, um, that, that vampire version, uh, and the exact opposite of that is what near dark amounts to, in which you have like scruffy, dirty, like homeless, you know, people living in a van driving from town to town and, uh, murdering people in rundown areas. Um, that's, they're almost like vampires as junkies. Um, so she had done that and that's an, an amazing film and uh, Point Break came along and I think she really left her mark Point Break and then she you know later went on to do like even you know Academy Award winning movies or at least nominated movies like The Hurt Locker um, and some real serious films and I always felt as being a big fan of Point Break I always felt like her success later on with like The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty sort of justified my always holding point break up as being a movie that's better than a lot of people give it credit for being and not just the, you know, the sort of silly joke movie with Keanu Reeves being a surfing FBI agent. <laughs> when you say it out loud, it does seem sound totally ridiculous, but it's, it actually is a, a really good movie for a lot of different reasons. Um, just a lot of pieces came together with both performances and with Catherine Bigelow's direction 
that pushed the movie beyond the envelope of, of sort of how good it should have been. Um, so why is it, why do I feel like it's so good? Let's talk about that. So first of all, <clears throat> Catherine Bigelow really fought for Keanu Reeves to star as the main character, Johnny Utah, which again is like kind of funny because the name Johnny Utah <laughs> seems so silly. But then when you think about it, when you actually literally, literally sit down and think about it, I mean, we have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time was Joe Montana. And how ridiculous does the name that sound like? That doesn't sound like it could be a name in real life, Joe Montana. <laughs> but it was, and he is a real person that won Super Bowls. And so Johnny Utah's name on um, second analysis isn't as ridiculous as it first sounds, although it's pretty funny, Johnny Utah. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, Bigelow really fought for Keanu Reeves to get the part of Johnny Utah. He had done Bill and Ted and some other stuff, but he wasn't <clears throat> super well known. And she like really pushed for him and over top over other you know people that were in consideration, such as like Charlie Sheen, Johnny Depp, and even William Dafoe, who I think is who the studio um, possibly really wanted. Which makes Point Break a totally different movie if William Defoe is playing Johnny Utah. Um, nothing against William Defoe, just very different casting. So Keanu Reeves is in the movie, and Keanu Reeves, I mean, in terms of board game cinema, he's definitely one of the favorite actors that um, this channel, the show has. Um, and his performance in Point Break is excellent. He's got a lot of memorable lines, or a lot of great quotes from Point Break, and you know, as silly as the notion of a surfing FBI agent sounds he like definitely pulls it off so so some great performances by you know keanu reeves as well as uh gary Busey as uh angelo pappas his partner veteran partner um and then some you know patrick swayze as Bodie, the leader or the ronald reagan character of the ex-presidents the leader of the ex-presidents um he is really good in the movie very believable and he offers not just this you know, bank robber side, but they talk a lot about, you know, spirituality, about why they're doing it, why they're robbing banks. And like, it's a rejection of sort of this corporate lifestyle where you just die in your car in traffic, driving to a job that you hate every day. And they're choosing to live their life at like a higher spiritual plane than that and making their own rules and making their own sort of code of morality. Um, so it's kind of an interesting anti-hero take. I mean, he talks about it, Bodhi, Patrick Swayze character, does talk about in the movie about how he doesn't like any violence and he tries not to use violence. And uh, and in fact, he doesn't do much violence in the movie in terms of like, you know, killing people. But for the most part, he doesn't do a lot of the action violence, um, gun violence that's in the movie. It's done by others. So it, it's almost like an anti-hero type portrayal of uh, Boney, which is pretty interesting, um, considering this is a movie about surfing bank robbers <laughs> that they offer. You know, there's several monologues in the movie where he talks about um, both the spirituality of surfing and that that side of it, but also the uh, ideology in which they choose to like live their life and rejecting like a more like accepted corporate ideology. And so it gets into some pretty, you know, deep philosophical expressions in this bank robbing nineties action movie. So that is, makes it pretty interesting. Um, and then as always, you know, what sort of taps into a lot of these movies where somebody goes undercover, you tap into this notion of 
these complex feelings that a character has about being undercover, building relationships with people, you know, seeing a lot of himself in them and having that feeling of camaraderie and Keanu Reeves, you know, he really goes through that whole gamut of, you know, emotions in this movie in which he's first really gung ho. He just wants to catch these guys. And as the movie progresses, he starts to identify with them and like, especially their, you know, love of, of adrenaline, the, the thrill of like, you know, skydiving or surfing or whatever it is that they're doing. And he really connects with them and sort of falls under like Patrick Swayze's spell a little bit. And so you feel that tension in this character where it's like, hey, I don't want to kill this guy or arrest this guy, but I need to because this is my whole identity. This is my job. This is what I've trained for. This is what I've wanted to be. And so that's pretty interesting um, notes in the movie where they sort of follow that, kind of the same um, as in something like Donnie Brasco or something where at a certain point when you're undercover like that, you kind of almost lose your identity. Uh, one weird thing about Point Break is that He's not undercover in the way in which he has like this fake identity or anything. I mean, right away, initially, before he even introduces himself, Patrick says, he goes, oh, you're Johnny Utah. You played for Ohio State. Like you beat USC in the Rose Bowl like five years ago. And so that's really weird to me, too. And in, in this movie, the undercover agent is kind of like undercover as himself. Of course, he has like a made up story. Um, and he doesn't tell them he works with the FBI. But um, it's it's a movie in which it kind of dates itself a little bit in that regard in that like. Nowadays, if somebody was like, oh, you're Johnny Utah, what have you been up to? You could go on Google and kind of like look at their Facebook page and see like, oh, this guy was, you know, doing this or that. And, uh, you know, 91, you didn't have that option. So when Keanu Reeves is like, oh, I, I went to law school and uh, now I'm a lawyer, um, they just kind of buy that and they don't have any way to really like check it. Um, whereas, you know, now you, a Facebook, Google, Twitter search, you could see like, oh, this is this guy going into uh, law enforcement, maybe. Um, so in that way, it's, it's it's kind of unique in that it's an undercover agent, a movie, but the undercover agent is like playing him his own his own self. He doesn't have like a made up name or a fake backstory or anything, um, which would have been horrible because they immediately recognized him because he was like a famous college football player. <laughs> so, um, what else? So it is interesting in that it does have a scene in which a fully nude a female, so someone that was in a shower, gets out of the shower during this police raid and beats up the protagonist. So she like thoroughly just beats up Keanu Reeves' character. And that was something that was always very, uh, I don't want to say odd, but it, it when I watch it, you know, the first bunch of times I watch it, I always thought like, wow, that's crazy. Like, who is that girl? Like, she should be leading the bad gang because <laughs> she's obviously able to like beat up our hero of the movie. Um, so that, that makes it a kind of an interesting movie and, you know, something that you don't see in every other movie. Uh, another thing that makes, um, Point Break cool is the appearance of Anthony Kiedis, the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He plays Tone, one of the bad guys in the movie. So it was, see, it was cool to see him and, uh, his demise, what happens to him. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, a lot of good performances by a lot of good actors, coming together with um, an amazing directorial vision, some fantastic action sequences, including probably one of the best chase scenes, foot, foot uh, chase scenes you've seen in a movie, or at least I've seen in a movie, where Keanu Reeves is chasing Patrick Swayze and they're running through people's homes and alleys and, you know, real narrow areas. And it's a pretty intense, like, you know, foot chase scene. So what else? So, okay. So some weirder stuff. So, this movie came out on July 12, 1991. 
in the movie theater that same weekend, you have Terminator 2 by James Cameron, who was you know Catherine Bigelow's husband at the time. Um, arguably one of the best action movies, sci-fi action movies of all time, if not the best. Um, and then also in the same weekend, you have Boys in the Hood, another amazing you know cinema masterpiece. So imagine, you know, you go to the movie theater, you can choose Point Break, Boys in the Hood, or Terminator 2. I mean, that's a great weekend, right? In the movie, Keanu Reeves plays a left-handed quarterback from Ohio State. He would later go on to play a left-handed quarterback from Ohio State in the movie The Replacements, which is a football comedy movie. It's really, you know, funny. The beach where they play football, where Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves and the different surfers all play football together, is the exact same beach, and it's very recognizable as the exact same beach as where um they play soccer in the karate kid where ralph macchio's character sort of has his first in interaction with johnny lawrence where the karate kid first gets beat up by cobra kai is on the same beach as where they're playing football in uh point break which i love because those are like two of my favorite movies and the fact that they're connected in that way is very interesting it does have the same story as the Fast and the Furious movie. So if you want to say how influential Point Break, you could just point to Fast and Furious because the Fast and the Furious storyline is the exact same storyline as Point Break, except for it's cars instead of surfers. And instead of amazing actors like, you know, Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves, you have uh, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. And instead of amazing direction, like Catherine Bigelow, you have whoever directed the first Fast and Furious movie. And not to say that Fast and Furious isn't a good movie. It's a fun action movie for me. I mean, I got a little tired of them after like number 11 or 12 or whatever it is that they're on now. But um, it just doesn't hold a candle, in my opinion, to Point Break. Um, but it is amusing that it is in some ways like an uncredited or unassociated remake of Point Break, I mean, down to the fact that they drink, like, Coronas, like, the surfers in Point Break are drinking Coronas, and then the dudes in Fast and Furious are drinking Coronas. This is something that I would, like, give credit to, um, but it, it's, when you look at any video about uh, Point Break on YouTube, um, almost everybody mentions this, so it's hard to, like, sort of narrow down, like, who was the originator of this idea that, you know, Fast and Furious is Point Break remade. Um, pretty much everybody recognized that <laughs> from the day that Fast and the Furious came out um, because Paul Walker's character is, you know, this cop that goes undercover in this lifestyle of auto drag racing and he sort of falls under the spell of um, Dom played by Vin Diesel and um, has to make a decision about whether or not to bring him in or let him go. It's sort of the same as, Pat as uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze's relationship. So it's just interesting to think about like how influential, you know, point break was because without that, we don't get 22 different fast and the furious movies. Point break does have the coldest line in any movie ever. And I think I'll play that for you now. Donnie, throw me that money bag. Now. So one of the weirder questions I have about Point Break is why was Lori Petty cast in the movie as the female, you know, romantic lead for Johnny Utah? Um, Laura Petty's character, she plays uh, Tyler Endicott, and Tyler is the one who teaches Keanu Reeves how to surf and becomes emotionally and romantically involved with Keanu Reeves' character. And it's just such weird casting to me. I always, I mean, for for decades, I've 
pondered over this casting. Lori Petty is a fine actress. I'm not, you know, taking anything away from her ability. I think different actors are more suitable for different parts. And I was, I'm not sure what Catherine Bigelow was going for with the casting of Lori Petty as the part of Tyler Endicott. I have my suspicions, um, but I just don't know for sure. Uh, Lori Petty's character, Tyler, is very androgynous, um, not only in her name, but also in her appearance in the film. The character is someone that's from California and that it's, you know, a beachgoer and is very into surfing and the whole surfing lifestyle. She's right out there with the boys, you know, always surfing with them. She's the only female character really present in the film, I believe. And it's it's odd to me that they chose Laurie Petty, who doesn't have like a real California vibe in the movie. It's noted in the film notes from the person that taught the surfing that Laurie Petty had never actually ever been in the ocean before they started to make the movie Point Break. So she's someone that's from, you know, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and had never been in the ocean, and just doesn't have like a whole California type vibe to me as a viewer of this film. It's a very strange casting, uh, and I think there's some subtext there maybe that I'm not quite aware of. Um, but she is a very interesting choice that I don't want to say detracts from the movie, but I often have wondered, like, what if someone else had played her character? Would the movie have been vastly different and maybe vastly different in a better way? <laughs> so it's just one of those things to, you know, to think about when you're watching the movie. And, and you know, it's, you often have to think about the decisions the director makes because they're ultimately responsible for everything that's on screen. Um, what was the factors that went into casting, you know, Lori Petty? I can't quite get my head around her character and her performance is fine, but it's just a strange choice, I feel. Um, so, you know, it does add, I think, to some of the questions about the subtext, the unspoken subtext of Point Break. Um, so just think about that the next time you watch the movie. Think about um, that casting and, and what maybe Bigelow was trying to say with that casting. I think that's going to pretty much wrap up our discussion of the Point Break. But stick around after this ad. We will talk about a great movie, a great board game to play after you've watched Point Break. Because this week on Board Game Cinema, we are all about the surfboards and parachutes. This week's episode of Board Game Cinema is sponsored by Angelo Sandwiches. Angelo Sandwiches is home of the world-famous Meatball Paradise Sandwich, located in downtown LA with several locations, probably right around the corner from where you are now. Angelo's Sandwiches features many delicious sandwiches of all types with amazing daily specials. Today's daily lunch special is two meatball sandwiches and a tuna fish sandwich and two lemonades for just $7.84. That special sounds delicious. Um, and remember, at Angelo's, their meatball sandwiches are so good that you'll want to eat three. Don't forget they open early for lunch every day at 10 a.m. Again, the sponsor of the show was Angelo's Sandwiches. So thanks to them for sponsoring Board Game Cinema, and give them a try. So what is the perfect game to play with your friends after you guys have watched 
Point Break. Well, that would be the board game, or I guess more accurately, card and dice game, Bahamas. Bahamas came out in 2019. It's for four to eight players. And it was designed by Nicholas Normandon. The art, the beautiful art in Bahamas is done by Pierio. So Bahamas is a quick game, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. It handles up to a lot of players. And it has a really cool theme. So in Bahamas, you guys are all bank robbers. You've stolen millions of dollars and, you know, they're in bags of money in the plane. And you're flying, you know, out of the country. You're trying to make your way, you know, out, out to the Bahamas, I imagine. <laughs> and everybody's, you know, begins to relax. And then there's a sputtering sound and the plane is going down. And there are some parachutes, but there's not enough for the amount of bank robbers that there are. So every player has a roll card that is a, a different, you know, bank robber. And each one has a really cool special ability, which makes the game have a lot of replayability, a lot of variability. And then... Um, the, basically the goal is, um, you're trying to use your starting card and your ability and draw cards that are going to be cash cards that you're going to be able to land with and keep the money. And whoever has the most cash is the winner. But because you're, you're falling out of the sky, you have to have either a parachute to land or a lifeboat. Um, and there's only a certain amount of parachutes, obviously less than the number of players. Um, depending on the amount of players, it's either two to five parachutes in the game, um, start, you know, based on the number of players that are playing. There also are um, parachutes that are like dummy parachutes that, that aren't real. And on your turn, you're going to, you know, be able to, to roll a dice. And then according to the actions shown on the dice, you'll be able to take one of those actions, such as, you know, play a card or draw a card. Um, some of the cards will be um, actions and some of the cards will be money. Some of the cards will be parachutes or fake parachutes. Could be diamonds. Um, it could even be dun 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 FBI badge or handcuffs because one of the robbers um if they're able to get all three of uh, FBI um cards or FBI related cards then they win the game immediately they identify themselves as a FBI agent and all the other um parachuting bank robbers are under arrest does this theme sound familiar at all I mean it seems like a game that was based with point break in mind with the trader mechanic and the you know, falling out of the sky and not having enough parachutes. I mean, it's really, it's a really fun game. It's pretty, very simple, very easy to play game. Um, a lot of sort of take that mechanics where, you know, you're taking people's cards or taking their money or, you know, playing cards on them that cancel out other cards and things of that nature. Um, but it does have a cool dice mechanic. Like I said, when you roll the dice, you can take an action that's on the die and um, you can give an action to another player and then, um, there always will be somebody that doesn't get a die, like with the remaining players, because you're rolling a number of dice depending on the number of players. And the person that doesn't get a die, they go first the next round and are able to dictate the actions, you know, going forward. So if you get a few of those FBI cards in your hand, you might want to start going for FBI. If you are getting, you know, some money, you know, you can obviously you want to have the most money because that's how you win, but you also gotta balance it to where you have, you know, some kind of parachute or a lifeboat or something because the game ends um, when the plane crashes, which is one of the last four cards that you put at the bottom of the deck. So you kind of know when the game's coming to an end, but you don't have exact knowledge. And so that leads you to make some pretty, you know, fun decisions. And it, it's one of those games where you can like, you know, 30 minutes, you can play, knock it out. And 
um, you play again. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like a brain burner. It's not, you know, there's definitely some luck involved with the dice and the cards that you get. It's not like a super strategy oriented Euro, but it's not that kind of game. It's a fun, fast paced point break kind of, kind of game. So definitely one that when we got it, uh, Lewis got it, I believe at Gen Con, um, last year when Gen Con still existed and (laughs) we're in COVID land, um, as soon as we put it on the table and I saw the theme and, I'll say, wow, this is Point Break, <laughs> the card game. So definitely one worth checking out. It's not really expensive. If you are a fan of Point Break, um, check it out and you know see if you can get the most money and get a parachute or a lifeboat or see if you can get those three FBI cards all in hand at the same time and win the game that way. So yeah, uh, enjoy it. And I'll be right back with a wrap-up. And that will bring this week's episode of Board Game Cinema to a close. I want to thank all my listeners for listening. I really appreciate it. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast and hearing my thoughts on some movies and some different board game recommendations. Um, As always, you can go to Instagram and see some in-game photos of us playing Bahamas and get to check what the art looks like, etc. And some posters, alt art posters for Point Break the movie as well as maybe a trailer or any other random thing i find to put on the facebook group it's the board game cinema facebook group on twitter board game cinema is on twitter i don't post too much because i'm old and don't really understand twitter (laughs) but i do try to put some stuff on there so feel free to um, find us on twitter as well uh, for some board game usually board game related material um, this week, um, question of the week is pretty simple. Just want to ask, has anybody on here ever been skydiving or surfing? And if not, would you like to? So go over to the Facebook page, hit up your thoughts on that. I'd love to hear from you guys about that. Other than that, um, thanks a lot for listening. And as always, take care. Fear causes hesitation. And hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. So it's simple. You project strength to avoid conflict. Peace through superior firepower. <laughs> oh. There you go. Can't have you walking through those doors with your dick in your hand, right? <laughs> I can't do this. Sure you can. Who knows, you might like it. It's a killer rush. Buddy, this is your fucking wake-up call, man. I am an FBI agent. I know, man. Isn't it wild?